Welcome once again to The Ohio State of Mind, powered by Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. Alongside Tyler Danberg, I'm Caleb Spinner. We've got some weekend action to break down for you in a short week to preview here. But before we get started, make sure you're following us on Twitter at State of Mind OSU on Twitter to get the latest news on our episode release dates and our Behind the Buckeyes. We'll have a couple new episodes of those dropping soon, so make sure you're always checking in there. Tyler, we had some cancellations on one start to conference play, but we had another one that was a heavyweight bout back and forth that we'll talk about. And then, of course, Ohio State women's basketball fell out of the tournament. We'll break down that game, too. I didn't think we were going to have to be talking about weather and temperature delays slash postponements on the weekend of late March, what, the 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th. But here we are. The cloudy, the chilly weather, some snow flurries played a little role this weekend in Ohio State Athletics. Can't wait to see how this shakes up and recap the weekend and preview what's ahead. I don't usually roll my eyes, but when I woke up yesterday and I looked outside and there's snow on the ground in late March, what on earth? Guys, I just sent my winter clothes home. Can we figure out what we want to do here? We just had 79 like two weeks ago. Well, then if you look at this week, we're going to have 35, 39 on Wednesday for some baseball, 75, and then back down to the 50s and 40s. So a little skewedness in the middle, but hey, we'll take it. Absolutely wonderful. But before we talk more about the week, we've got to recap the weekend. Getting into our first one, as we mentioned, a canceled game between baseball, Ohio State, and Purdue. That was at West Lafayette. It was supposed to be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, a game on each of those days. The series was canceled to weather. The official press release says that the weather was, quote, below the minimal threshold to play, end quote. Ohio State has a postponed start to their conference play. This would have been their first series. I don't think it'll hurt them too much, assuming the next one is in touch. Weather is something that, as we just mentioned, is always unpredictable for the most part. Uh, being a weatherman is the one one time where you can be 50% right and still have a job the next week. So assuming nothing happens for the next conference series, this shouldn't be a problem. But it's when you start getting delayed more and more that that comes back to bite you at the end of the year. It shouldn't be. And the fact that they were still able to get game one, a 7-5 to Purdue win in, I think that's pretty important going into that next full series against Nebraska that's coming up this weekend. The Buckeyes will also have that non-conference matchup against Toledo on Wednesday that we'll talk about and preview a little bit soon. But the fact that they were able to still play that game, I think, was big. And they jumped out early. Cade Kern, another breakout game. He had three hits. He's got six hits in his last two games. He's returning to freshman year Cade Kern form, which is a big thing. Isaiah Coupe dealed despite the weather. The bullpen faltered a little bit. Jake Johnson had some struggles after his hot start was almost, she was almost untouchable through his first six, seven appearances. But still, Ohio State showed a lot of promise. They jumped out on some Purdue starting pitching early, which the Boilermakers have one of the best staffs in Big Ten baseball. So there were a lot of highs in that game one, and unfortunately, we weren't able to see games two and three, so everything else was inconclusive. But all in all, an interesting weekend, to say the least, in West Lafayette. Yeah, I should have specified the last two were canceled. We still did get to see the start, a little bit of a preview, but of course, being able to see that full series is what you want as Ohio State. It's one thing to win one game, but then, you know, you got to hold it up with the second. Like, we'll talk about it with softball here in a minute. Winning game one is great, but you got to hold on for those last two. What matters down the stretch is the series win. 
when you look at, especially in conference play, when you look at, by the end of the year, seeding for the Big Ten tournament, the chances of making an NCAA tournament regional, they're going to look at those series wins nonetheless because that's what it all comes down to, especially in conference play. Now, one thing that I think is a good takeaway is that Ohio State, they were able to work their way through their arms in cold weather. Hopefully, cold weather is out of our sights and out of mind for the next couple of weeks and hopefully by the rest of the season. But managing a bullpen, managing a starting rotation, and keeping as many arms conserved in that cold weather is a tough thing to do. And I think both Ohio State and Purdue did good jobs in that game one of keeping their arms fresh, keeping them warm. And even though Ohio State had some complications, Coupe initially was dealing, then he would eventually labor, gave up handful of runs and got the loss, but it still showed a lot of promise on what Ohio State is able to do and manage their pitching staff and their bullpen when the weather's a lot colder than normal. Switching over to softball now, they hosted Indiana in their in their season home opener on Friday. They had two games then and Saturday closed out the game three. The Buckeyes won two of the three games against the Hoosiers. Friday they split, winning six to two on the first one and losing seventeen to five in five innings in game two, and then Saturday came back to true form and won six to four. Ohio State is now two and one in Big Ten play after that record. And Lexi Hanley pitched the entirety of game one and game three, 14 combined innings in those two games. She came up big for the Buckeyes, allowing some runs, yes, but staying relatively strong, consistently strong in all of those 14 innings is a big feat for Hanley. You take out Lexi Hanley in that two-game set, in that three-game series, and it is a totally different matchup between Indiana and Ohio State because she was the X-factor in this one. Got a lot of defensive support, especially in Game 3. Maggiotti came up with a couple great catches. Maggiotti is one of the best center fielders in college softball, definitely in the Big Ten defensively. Offensively, just got her 100th hit. But Hanley continuing to deal. And Allison Smith and Emily Ruck in that game, too, they got beaten pretty hard in terms of pitching. They struggled in the circle, but still, the fact that even when they had two of the worst outings of their careers, Ruck and Smith respectively, Hanley was still able to bail them out. And in a three-game series, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon, and Ohio State was able to win it, be victorious in that two-to-one series victory over the Hoosiers. And I feel like we should specify, because I don't want to speak ill on these on the on those two ladies, Ruck and Smith. But I don't I couldn't tell whether, you know, there's two sides of this coin, whether Hanley was just tremendous playing out of her mind in game one and game three, or Indiana was just uncharacteristically good at the plate. I think there may be a combination of both here, but that's something where I hope that Ruck and Smith can see that even if they maybe let a couple pitches go awry uh, where they didn't want them to or let them across the plate too much, that for the most part, Indiana really just had an on night and that shouldn't affect their confidence going forward. I think it's totally the latter. I think it was Indiana's offense being just so remarkable. Also, they batted 500-plus with runners in scoring position. Two of those instances, Caleb, were examples of grand slams, couple multi-run home runs, both of which came off the bat of the freshman Brianna Copeland. Ohio State, they didn't hit the ball really well. They got on base still, just weren't able to drive them in and move base runners. But IU 
was hitting at a tremendous clip. So when you look at it down the stretch, it's not Smith, it's not Ruck, especially Smith who came in in a tough situation. When it all comes said and done, yeah, it was a 17-5 victory in Game 2, but Ohio State got the series victory. They're not really looking at that Game 2. They're looking at Games 1 and 3, and the fact that they still have one of the more daunting three-pitcher rotations in the Big Ten and in college softball with Hanley, with Smith, and Ruck. Getting into our preview now of the week, men's golf is at the Valspar Intercollegiate Monday and Tuesday, the 28th and 29th, all day at the Floridian Golf Club in Palm City, Florida. Softball is at Kentucky for a road series against the Wildcats on Tuesday, March 29th at 6 p.m. in Lexington. This is going to be a heck of a series, Tyler. It's huge, and you want to know what makes this one even more interesting is that both Kentucky and Ohio State knew a lot about each other's squads this year. If you go back to October 1, that was a Sunday. That was after Ohio State played Akron in football in that late September night game. These two teams played each other in the fall schedule because college softball, they play the fall circuit. They have fall ball. Well, Kentucky and Ohio State played and they split the doubleheader. That's going to make for an interesting matchup in Lexington coming up this week. This The tiebreaker, if you will. Yeah. Of course, different season, different series, but... This is the tiebreaker for that earlier two matchups there. Baseball will host Toledo in a non-conference interstate matchup Wednesday, March 30th at 6.05 p.m. at Buckeye Field, or excuse me, at Bill Davis Stadium in Columbus, Ohio. You can watch that on Big Ten Plus and listen on Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. That one, those teams don't meet too often. You usually don't get to see outside of baseball Ohio State playing as many interstate foes as they do here, but this one's going to be a good one, Tyler. They don't really, but I agree, Caleb. It's going to be a good one. And you know what's interesting, and I learned this out a lot more with Wright State, but those who are not that familiar with college baseball, let me highlight for you the fact that any time two in-state teams get together, no matter the magnitude of the matchup, no matter how good each opponent is, it's always about bragging rights and state superiority. The race to be best in the state is a big one. Toledo, they've got some good arms. They've got some good bats. They've got guys that can get on base and guys that can drive them in. This could be an interesting matchup. Not a lot of Mac schools get the chance to dethrone Ohio State, but I'm sure Toledo's got to have the Buckeyes on the men and vice versa. Yeah, anything can happen in baseball on any given Sunday. No, any given day of the week, actually, in this case. Sorry, Dennis Quaid. But yes, that's one of those sports, really, Tyler, where, of course, your fielding can be what sets the tone there. But at the end of the day, you have to be great at the plate, regardless of how good your fielding is. And that's really what makes baseball such an entertaining sport, uh, especially in my eyes, is that you could be the greatest fielding team in the world. But if you have an off night at the plate, and the other team gets a couple lucky ones to go through, you can find yourself losing one and getting upset easily. Got to play clean baseball, Ohio State. Worst fielding percentage in the Big Ten, although it's at a 940 percentage, which isn't still that bad because the defense in the Big Ten is relatively solid. But I'll tell you one thing that Ohio State does well. They can plate guys across. They'll give their pitchers run support when they can, especially at home, Caleb. They've got over 22 runs scored in two games at Bell Davis Stadium. They're trying to make that even more, maybe surpass 30 if they can get some guys in, drive them to the plate and try and beat Toledo. Women's Gymnastics is at the NCAA Auburn Regional Thursday, March 31st in Auburn, Alabama 
Until I looked at this, Tyler, I had no idea that Auburn was in Alabama. Really? Yeah. I'm not a geography guy. A lot of people don't realize that. A lot of people don't realize that Auburn is in Alabama, but let me raise you this. Where did you think Auburn was? Georgia? I thought it was Georgia. Okay. It was Georgia or, ironic. I don't know why, but Mississippi. All right. I can see that. I, I can see why the misconception with Georgia, because in football, the Deep South sold this rivalry, Auburn and Georgia. But also, you got you got the Iron Bowl with Alabama and Auburn. So, I could see a little bit of everything, but I, I I get it. I get it. It makes sense. I think knowing now that that's an interstate matchup is, I think that puts more weight on it, to me at least, that those two teams share the same home state. So, I just thought that was cool. Maybe I look like a moron now for admitting one of my flaws in geography, but I don't care. That was an interesting fact. I'm sure there are some people out there who also didn't know that. Uh, men's volleyball hosts Lewis Thursday, March 31st at 7 p.m. at the Cavelli Center in Columbus. You can watch that on Big Ten Plus. And finally, men's lacrosse is at Louisville in Louisville, Kentucky, Thursday, March 31st at 7 p.m. You can watch that on the ACC Network. Our question of the day revolves around baseball and softball. This was a question that I thought about both when we were broadcasting I would say we were broadcasting in the frigid cold on Friday, but really that was you broadcasting in the frigid cold because when we covered on Big Ten Plus, they put us in the actual booth. But you were outside hitting wind from three directions there. And for and with the cancellation, two of the last two games of the Purdue series, this is what got me thinking about this. What is the coldest temperature in which you could comfortably play baseball and softball? And what do I mean by comfortably? I mean that you could go out on the field wearing your gear of choice, you know, Obviously, we're talking uh, leggings, undershirts. Obviously, you can't go outside in a coat and play baseball like, if, if you're playing for a team that's not part of the uniform. So if you can go out wearing whatever understuff you want and not be sitting at your respective position going, man, this is cold. What is that temperature? Well, I was a catcher all my life up through high school. So I've got a little added warmth, obviously added protection, but a lot of added warmth. When you look at the gear, so any weather was perfect for me, honestly. I love to play on all terrains and all kinds of weather. That being said, maybe 45 would be the lowest, maybe 45, 40, and then those wind chills. But again, especially tough swinging the metal bat. And we were talking about this a little bit on the Big Ten Plus broadcast this weekend, you and I. And swinging the bat, an aluminum bat, in frigid, below freezing temperatures cannot be ideal. And furthermore, what I thought was interesting, because I saw on the Ohio State Baseball Instagram, shout out everybody that's in charge of content, Gary Pettit, the SID, doing a great job. I saw a couple guys wearing their sweatshirts, their scarlet sweatshirts, underneath the scarlet uniforms, which I think is a pretty good look. That's a very popular high school baseball look. You look cool while doing it. Francisco Lindor did that as well with the Mets last year. So it's a cool look. It's a good look. And it keeps you a lot warmer than just wearing the long sleeve or no sleeve. Yeah, I I could definitely see wearing... I, I of course, did not play baseball aside from uh, T-Ball League. I think the only time I played was when it was coach pitch. That's uh, baseball. Yeah, I, I mean, it still counts, but, like, really, come on. It's not high school level or college or even the pro. Um, but I could definitely see wearing a sweatshirt under a uniform. That would be pretty sweet. Uh, but I think I think I'm right about your same temperature too. I was gonna say 48, get a bit more specific because I think that's what it was outside on Friday. Um, probably a bit of a wind chill that made it like feel like 35, 36. But I, I think that's right about where I'm at. 
I don't know whichever position holds the um holds the designation of where you put your most unathletic and uh, slowest guy. That's where I would be playing. So I could picture uh I could picture wearing a sweatshirt underneath my jersey there if it's like forty five. 48 maybe, degrees. Maybe a nice bullpen coat as well in the dugout. Oh yeah. Okay. I, I'm forgetting about that. That would make it that would make it much more tolerable. That'll do it for us until Friday. For Tyler Damberg, I'm Caleb Spinner. We'll see you next time. But for now, that's the show. We're out of here. <laughs>